0: When you guys are listening to this, I am Anthony Irwin. This is the Lakers Lowdown, wrapping up a completely not boring. Not going to go so far as to say is that the NBA trade trade deadline was boring for the Lakers. A completely unproductive uh, NBA trade deadline. Now, whether that lack of production is going to mean counter production—that is going to be the question here. But I'm going to put together the reports that we had following a you know around the league an incredibly busy NBA trade deadline that the Lakers just couldn't get involved in so according to various reports the Lakers tried everything from moving Russell Westbrook to acquiring Cam Reddish for some smaller pieces getting their uh, their their kind of noses into some various other multi-team situations out there. Uh, but in the end, uh, once again, the Lakers wind up not making a trade at the at the trade deadline. Uh, Rob Polinka, since he's taken over, that has not been somewhere that he likes to get to, uh, to, to actually build around. Um, he does most of his work in the off-seasons and, you know, most notably for this current Lakers team in the buyout market, which is something that, again, we're going to talk about here in a second. I... I just looking at some of these names, though, it's kind of interesting. According to Brian Windhorst, the Lakers spoke to Houston about swapping Russell Westbrook for John Wall. Uh, the Lakers wanted Christian Wood. My guess is that the Rockets wanted them to take Daniel Tice. Uh, that winds up being the breaking point there, and I don't think the conversation went too far beyond that. That's that's a pretty far gap, and uh, look, we had Aaron Larsoul on the pod uh, or on the spaces right afterward on uh, for SB nation. And he said, when it comes to moving Russ, the furthest down the line that the Lakers really got was probably about, you know, a five out of 10, meaning it could have gone one way or the other, but for the most part, there wasn't too much momentum uh, both in terms of what the Lakers were willing to do to get rid of Russ. And in terms of the willingness that other teams had to take on Russell Westbrook and that just absolute monstrosity of a contract. <laughs> Wenhorst also said that the Lakers had a conversation with the Knicks that would have involved, I guess, I guess the Knicks were taking in some picks. The Lakers would have brought back a couple players, um, but apparently that deal fell apart. No real specifics beyond that. And so basically what I'm kind of picking up here is the Lakers made some calls around there and all these teams had thoughts in mind targets in mind for returns on some of their players and the Lakers just didn't have enough assets to get involved in any of those conversations and then those assets if they did dangle them out there the Lakers weren't interested in, in making a trade on lowered value for those guys and look that is the situation here with Taylor Horton Tucker he is somebody who last year was the centerpiece of a potential Kyle Lowry trade and this year You were talking about maybe an expiring Goran Dragic contract, right? Uh, The the last year, uh, the Lakers had you know a few more movable assets and stuff, but Talon is the only like nine-ish, ten-ish million dollar contract on their books, and that's usually what you need to be able to make some of these moves. You keep Caruso, you're having a different conversation, but clearly that is not something that the Lakers wanted to do. I'm also told, by the way, that like taxes were a factor here that the Lakers didn't want to take on too much money uh, it with the move that they make here, which once again, you know, you never know to what extent that played a factor. But if it's playing a factor and, and the Lakers had the opportunity to improve and they chose not to for in any reason whatsoever, any percentage whatsoever in their reasoning, uh, they chose if they chose not to do that because they have these tax concerns, then I just don't know what we're doing. Like, why 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 own a basketball team, especially the Lakers of all basketball teams, if you're unwilling to spend to make that basketball team that prints money competitive with some of those other teams that don't generate that kind of revenue? The wildest report to come out of this one, I think, is that the Lakers apparently were involved in talks to reacquire Dennis Schroeder after everything that went down between the two sides, uh, both last season and then this last offseason, where... Neither side were particularly interested in getting back together. So uh, the Lakers clearly knocked on plenty of doors, picked up the phone plenty of times, called plenty of teams to try to get some some stuff done. But at the end of, at the, end of the day, you can only do what your assets allow you to do, which, you know, we can look back on a conversation I had with Yovan Buha back in uh, before the season even started. And I said, look, if it doesn't work out with Russell Westbrook, the Lakers are big time screwed. <laughs> They aren't going to have very many options to improve, and that's what we saw play out. So the Lakers' attention is going to turn to what they're able to do in the buyout market. They don't, you know, if they do get involved with that, they're going to have to start waving guys. Remember, one of the things that they were hoping to do in the trade deadline was find homes for DeAndre Jordan and or Kent Bazemore. Uh, No teams apparently were very interested in giving up anything for those guys, and now the Lakers are, if they do want to get involved in some of these buyout situations, the Lakers are going to have to waive those guys, have some dead money on the books, maybe pay up a little bit with those uh, tax uh, luxury taxes. Sorry, and and we already know how the Lakers feel about that. So look, I I still, especially if all you're talking about here is luxury taxes, I I really would be pretty annoyed. If the Lakers refuse to get involved with some buyout candidates, simply because they don't want to waive players and have that dead money on their books and the ensuing taxes, that would really kind of set me off. That'd be my final straw. But you know what? I can't really put anything by this this organization. That, quite frankly, right now, like you could hear it if you tuned in uh, to the to the pre-deadline show that we did, or if you tuned into the spaces afterward. A lot of people are taking a lot of enjoyment at laughing at this eight Lakers organization that I've had people behind the scenes, even like outwardly, say that other teams consider the Lakers a shit show right now. And it's hard. it's, It's 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 frankly impossible to disagree. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Lakers Lowdown, kind of an emergency pod that is an emergency for the news that wasn't made. Uh, As we get more news made, I will hop back on here and tell you about what uh, is new with the Lakers team that you were following. Uh, Harrison and I are going to record a Lakers lounge here in the next few hours, probably going to hold off on that until kind of the end of the night so that we can make sure we have a nice full picture to be able to talk to you guys about. Uh, and then we have the lowdown that will recap anything that we that's missed in the gap between recording the lounge and that show. After that, we have the hook tomorrow, and we have probably an, a pretty busy few days here or so as the Lakers try to piece together a team that can more seriously compete uh, after a failed trade deadline period. Till all of that, t- till the next time I talk to you, which might be 15 minutes from now, who knows? I'm Anthony Irwin saying have a good one.